Welcome to a special episode of the Vegas Gang podcast. This is um, perhaps one of a series uh, interviews with the guys that are on the show. We're starting out today with Chuck Monster, who is um, the uh, the guy in charge of VegasTripping.com. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> start by talking about your background a little bit. Um, can you tell me uh, where you're from originally? And um, uh, well, why don't we start there? Where are you from originally? I was born in Tarrytown, New York, in the shadows of the Tappan Zee Bridge. Uh, it's in Westchester County, just north of uh, New York City. I grew up in Peekskill, New York. Um, my mom and dad were originally from Brooklyn, uh, and all of my cousins and everybody lived in Brooklyn. So I used to go to New York, you know, relatively often. Just hop on the train and go down there. Let's see. So, what year was that, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I was born in 1969. Okay. Yeah. So what what year did you what Let's see. So when did you leave New York? And- and I, I'm assuming you came to California, but maybe not. Maybe there was a stop in between. Yeah, I went – I'm, you know, when I was a teenager, I went to college, which was at a couple of different schools in upstate New York, you know. And then I always was coming home at that point. But uh, I spent a little time after I, – I did my music, my degrees in music. And I, I spent a little time as a, a music teacher in the public schools, and I realized that I totally did not want to do that. I wanted to rock. I wanted to be a musician, not a teacher. So I, I set my sights on going to grad school for music composition, which is basically writing orchestra music using all sorts of uh, arcane mathematics and other bizarre methodologies. And that led me to uh, want to move to California because the schools that I was interested in were out here, USC, UCLA, and uh, California Institute of the Arts. Uh, I, I chose CalArts because it was a – it's in Valencia, just north of, uh, of L.A. Uh, I chose CalArts because it had the, 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 the best faculty – um, and it was an art school. Like they didn't have a grading system. You got like pass or high pass or whatever, just to kind of satisfy their requirements of giving people grades. But it wasn't so much about taking tests. It was really about the creative. Like they stressed that, that, uh, you know, your output, what you did, what you did as an artist was the most important thing. And, and teachers would, um, their role was to pull you out of you, was to help you get out of the way of yourself and give you enough tools and skills to be able to express yourself, you know, at the highest possible level that, that you could as as a, a young artist. So, um, at some point, you made a transition from music to uh, working um, in terms of content generation and working on the internet. Uh, how did that happen? I mean, at what point did you decide, or maybe did you decide that it, that becoming a professional musician was uh, just not going to happen? Uh, how did you How did you make that jump? <laughs> That's a great great story. Um, after I got out of CalArts, uh, I 
you know, my, my, the paths that I had before me that people normally take is to go into academia. Uh, my teacher was, was the head of the school of music at Yale before he came to CalArts. So he had all these connections into the Ivy League. And he's like, kiddo, he used to call me kiddo, kiddo, um, I've talked to whoever the guy's name was, I can't remember. And uh, I think you should go to Princeton for your PhD in music. And I'm like, Princeton, hmm. Well, you know, the whole idea of Ivy League, that's exciting. My folks would be really psyched, you know. But I wanted to be Frank Zappa, you know. I had hair down the middle of my back, and I was playing the electric guitar loud and crazy and weird. And I didn't want to sit around and spend my summers writing an orchestra orchestra piece and pray that I could get 150 people together to play it. I wanted to go the Frank Zappa route, literally, and put my own 10 or 12-piece orchestra, rock and roll band orchestra together. So I did that. I had a 13-piece band. Uh, the name doesn't matter. We're supremely unsuccessful, uh, but but had a great time doing it. And, you know, we played in Vegas. We played up and down around whatnot. Uh, at some point, I uh, got involved with the sound man's ex-girlfriend, and it, it caused a little bit of a, a problem because they had some problems uh, in, the, in, the, in the past. But they were broken up, but they were still sort of friends, but they had a, a difficult relationship. So... Uh, that whole thing kind of turned into a, an insane, dramatic nightmare, uh, and I was forced to uh, to kind of fire half the band. Uh, one of these guys, two of these guys, three of these guys um, proceeded to to hack the band's website. Wow! Yeah, so they changed like the graphics and made like insulting comments and you know messed up with all the code and things like that. Uh, I had originally been taking care of the website. I had built it. You know, I had this old AT&T WorldNet account, which had free, make up your own web page free with this teeny weeny little box. And I taught myself like some basic HTML and I made like, you know, your standard GeoCities kind of pages way back in the early 90s or so, you know. So necessity being the mother invention, again, here's another Zappa reference. Uh, you know, I... Uh, I was forced to kind of figure out how to fix this website. Nobody else is going to do it. So I did it. Mm. You know, and I started adding like a tour date here and then we'd get a photo and I'd put a photo up and then I'd, you know, learn how to do a little this and then, oh, wow, check it out. If you grab this JavaScript, it'll have all these little balls follow your mice around and, <laughs> you know, all this other wacky stuff and image maps. And then I learned how to do a form submit to send some email and, you know, so on and so forth till eventually, you know, I got some pretty good skills with learning how to do front end HTML, Photoshop, and, you know, a little bit of JavaScript, not too much. But, you know, I didn't have a traditional programming background. It was all just, oh, I need to learn how to do this so we can, you know, get mailing email addresses. You know, I got to figure out how to install this mm -hmm. emails, you know, mailing list software or, you know, so on and so forth. It was never a, it was never a, hey, I want to get into this. It was a, I just kind of did it. Right. Yeah, and that led to one of the other guys who was in the band was actually a really smart technical guy, and he got a job at uh, a dot com company during the during the early dot com boom. This is nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, and he uh, roped me into that job. I went to the job interview, and a dude who was a student of mine 
when I was teaching counterpoint at CalArts as a, as a grad student, was going to be my manager at this job. Ah. So it was like we're all like high-fiving each other, like, sure, come on in. You know, then they had an IPO. Everybody ended up with a BMW. You know, and three months later, the company went bankrupt, and we're all <laughs> we're all unemployed. <laughs> so, um, how important would you say, uh, or what impact does your background in music, your education at CalArts, how, what kind of impact does that have on what you do at Vegas Tripping? Well, I'd say it's, it's very important. Um, you know, I I studied music, um, which is a language. It's a language within a language. And HTML code is a language within a language. And uh, design, interior design, art uh, is a language within a language. You know, once you, once you understand the concept, they always say that once you learn one language, you can learn two languages. And once you learn two or three, then you can learn like eight, and it's not really all that hard. But once you understand, you know, the alphabets of things, of items, of objects, whatnot, um, you know, you can kind of see when things are right and things are not right. You know, you just you get you get the tools together of analysis and uh, being able to uh, take your findings, your analysis, what, what what things you run into, and be able to express them. You know, I had to do it in grad school through writing papers and whatnot. So. Uh, you know, to go to a hotel room or go to a place and look at it and figure out what works and what, what doesn't work, you know, and writing it out is, is kind of like old hat. But the specifics of, you know, of sitting around with a guitar for 14 hours a day, you know, playing to your fingers bleed, how does that exactly apply? I'd say only in dedication. Yeah. yeah. Well, still very important, especially yeah. when you're running your own business. Um, let's talk about the first time you visited Las Vegas. When, when was that? Um, and can you tell me if you remember what your impressions were of the city? Yeah, the first time I visited Las Vegas was, um, the first time I went through Las Vegas, I didn't actually stop. I was coming across the country in to, to grad school with my girlfriend at the time. And we had driven, you know, from New Jersey all the way out here and drove down the strip like late at night. There was no there was absolutely no traffic. This is nineteen ninety three or so. Uh and you know, I just drove around and I finally like saw this stuff and all these lights and the hotels and everything and I'm like wow this is just like I remember from like I Love Lucy episodes or whatever you know any kind of time they showed the old film of people driving down you know da 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 the whole thing I'm like wow this is pretty cool and then zip we just got right back on the freeway and kept going so didn't even stay and it didn't spend any time there you know but it was it was like oh wow that, well, that's interesting check it out it looks just like I thought it was but I didn't go in anywhere of course, now I had been to Atlantic City a bajillion times before that because I grew up in you know in New York. So it, yeah, I knew I knew the whole casino thing, but I hadn't been at any of these places. Uh, shortly after I arrived and moved and set up, my cousins brought me to Vegas. They're like, "Hey, we're going to Las Vegas. You know, we're going to stay at the Hilton. Uh, we've got rooms. We've got you guys a room. You know, we'll pay for everything except for gambling. You guys, you know, and and we'll get tickets to a show. Yada yada yada. So you know, we stayed at the Hilton. I had a great time. Uh, we went to see Splash at the Riviera. 
we sat like right in the front row, which I thought was great. And I loved the show. I had a lot of fun. Uh, and I went back a couple times with them. They, their two things was they used to like going to, to the Hilton and they like going to the uh, Palace Station. They would just kind of bounce from one to the other, one to the other, and one to the other, like back and forth. Hey, let's go over to this Palace Station. I don't know why they were so uh, you know, averse to uh, g- going to the Strip. It was kind of strange, but – Particularly since I was their designated driver. Ah. You know, they brought me so I would drive. <laughs> they'd, they'd rent this gigantic Mercury Grand Marquis or whatever it was, you know, the old police car thing, and I was the driver. But uh, So we went like two or three times. Uh, this is, what, 93. 94, uh, my girlfriend at the time's parents came out, and he was a, uh, a Lutheran minister who lived in Pennsylvania – and uh, he, uh, during his days off, would go to Atlantic City to play craps. And I used to go play craps with him. He actually taught, taught me how to play. So me and the pastor would go out there and gamble, you know, on his days off. Uh, and he, you know, was a follower of gambling in Las Vegas and things like that. And said, we're all staying at the Mirage. And we had a total Griswold vacation at the Mirage with mom and dad. and. Nice. Uh, and all of us, and we, you know, we went to the Sands and had some, had dinner at the Sands, and went to the show. Sat in the the front row at Siegfried and Roy, and I shook Roy's hand and made my. It was like the greatest thing in the world. I was, although I was scared of his inflatable codpiece, uh, you know. Uh, so you know, after that, I I was kind of broke for a while, and I didn't really go. But I started going again. Uh, I would come for like one day. And stay at the cheapest place in town. I'd grind it because I didn't, ha- you know, I'd go to town with like 150 bucks and just to have some a good time for like one night. Or I'd go there for one night and gamble, and then just drive right home. You know? <laughs> like, crazy things like that. So, um, let's talk about Vegas tripping. Now, I, <clears throat> I think you've told the story of uh, how you decided to start the site before, but why don't we? Go over it again for the record. Um, how how did it come about? When did you decide to start the site? Why don't we start there? Sure. Uh, during one of these uh, trips with uh, my wife, this is before we got married, but uh, we used to go. We started going together. Once we started going together, we started going together. <laughs> it was it was like like the second or third weekend we were, started dating. She said, "Hey, let's go to Vegas," and it was like our thing. It became our thing, like one of the things that we always did. We got a we rented a friggin' Sebring convertible, you know, and drove to town, and we would go regularly. You know, till to the point where uh, we were. It was like every six weeks we were going to town. Like we just loved it so much, or, you know, twice every three months or so, you know, constantly just like, hey, you want to go, want to go, you want to, yeah, I want to go, yeah, I don't go. Um, so one of these trips, we were at the plaza playing blackjack, and we had this total asshole of a dealer, just the worst guy, just nasty, 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 nasty. So we he he was a, he was a complete cooler and he was nasty, but they were just pushing the drinks on us, and we got pretty hammered. So we walked over to uh, to the Golden Nugget to the Carson Street Cafe to kind of sober up and get a little bit of food in us. 
And as we're sitting there, we got out the Kino cards and we're just drawing on the back of the Kino cards, you know, drunk, stupid stuff and, and started talking about just the idea of, you know, somebody should put together a, you know, a Las Vegas website that tells the truth, you know, about this stuff. And, you know, from, from the concept, from the idea, the point of view of people who go, who go and they have benders, like they have a, a good time the whole time. Because every other type of website we looked at was very clinical or it was just filled with spyware, malware, pop-unders, uh, or, or just straight-up marketing, corporate copy, press releases, the same old bullshit, you know, the, the, the information they want you to know as opposed to the information that you need to know. So we're just sitting there talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, yada, yada, yada. And uh, my wife came up with the name Vegas Tripping. You know, we're, we're just like tripping, Vegas Strip, uh, Strip, and then Stripping, Tripping, you know, Vegas Tripping. Hey, you know, it works. We wrote it down, folded up the, folded up the, the, the Kino thing. I put it in my pocket, got home, you know, and the Monday after that, I bought the domain name. Which was some like whatever March May or whatever it was six years ago or so. Uh, bought the domain name and and started kind of half assed working on the site. You know, I didn't know what it was going to do or it, it was going to be successful or anything. I'm like, you know, we should do this just for fun. And I'm like, well, all right. Uh, so I'm going to have to learn how to do a couple things that I don't know how to do. So I figured out how to do database insert. I figured out how to, first of all, I figured out how to set up a database, you know, get access to a database on a web server and passwords and a connection. And then I built a content management system just to be able to put stuff in there and get stuff out and edit it and whatnot. You know, now you can just use WordPress or any number of tools to do this. But those those kinds of tools were few and far between in those days. So, you know. I, I basically it was a tool for me to learn how to program because that was what I was really into. I was really wanted to learn how to do this stuff. So I just hack and hack and hack and hack and get my skills together, you know. And it paid off because I got promotions at work and stuff because I learned all these new skills. And you know, this thing was just a total hobby. No, you know, no delusions of grandeur or, or anything. Just having fun with it, having fun with it. You know, until you know, little by little uh, people would start showing up and posting a comment or they would email and say, you know, this site's really cool, you know, you should have a message board. So we bolted on an old message board, added a comment thing, you know, and blah 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 till till, you know, little by little we just started attack attaching People started attaching themselves to us, you know. You know, we started forming a little community of two, three, five, six, seven, ten, fifteen people. You know, and over time, you know, the the community's grown, the site has grown just through constant uh, upgrades and working on it. And uh, you know, it's it's expanded and gotten more successful than I ever could have imagined. You know, I just wanted to be able to write my trip expenses off on my taxes that was that was really the only goal maybe i might get a comp out of this or some deal you know but you know it's 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 been a it's been a fantastic uh experience not not only uh learning all this stuff because a lot of it i didn't really know at, at the at the start but getting to know all the people is, is really fantastic so so your answer actually kind of leads me into my next question uh, and maybe this has changed over time 
How much planning do you do when it comes to the site? Do you, for instance, you know, have a set of things that you might want to add features, um, both you know, in technical features and also content features? And it, do you plan that out in advance, or is it more of an ad hoc thing? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, some things, uh, you know, back. When it was first getting going, you know, I'd put together a little roadmap that I would have to do three or four or five things before I could do this sixth thing that I really wanted to do. You know, it was like, I really want to do this, but I need to do that, 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 and that to get these things built so I can do this and then get that to happen. So, you know, to some degree, that's it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been – the thing is so gigantic at this point that – um, you know, the the kind of upgrades we're doing and, and building things out are relatively minor. It's mature. Uh, yeah, it's mature. It's 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 a piece – it's built. So, uh, you know, I planned you – know, well, like the Macau site, I uh, – you know, I wanted to learn about Macau. And that to me is a way to learn about Macau is by building a website about it. Like I'm going to learn it. But, you know, I had to go there <laughs> to uh, – to learn it, you know, so, so there is some degree of planning, but you know, we don't, there's, there is not a, uh, you know, I have a desk in the corner of our, our place, you know, there's no whiteboard, there's no tack board with a bunch of post-its on it. You know, it's, it's all pretty much organized in my head, I guess. Yeah. But there's no master plan as to what's going to happen. Um, at some point, Vegas shipping went from being a, a fun hobby to a hobby on steroids to a full-time <laughs> full endeavor. Um, yeah. How did you know that it was time to you know, give up on the job and switch to, v- to VT? And what was that decision-making process like and, and how has that gone? Well, the uh, I'm lucky in that I'm afforded the opportunity by – this hobby to to uh, to be able to work on it all the time. Um, I couldn't be any more grateful, you know, for for the freedom that it affords and uh, the joy that it brings to me, and, and I hope that it brings to other people. Uh, and and the decision was made for me by. My unhappiness in my job, mm-hmm. I was uh, miserable. It was completely, utterly, and totally miserable in my job. I, I you know, EI had was managing a team for Ticketmaster that was doing all of its uh, front end development and design and whatnot. Um, uh, some design, mostly just development, and we we're you know in charge of all the international websites. Yada yada yada. You know. Just working, 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 working. And I realized that, you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to have my boss's job. But I didn't really see where that would have gone anyway. And he was kind of not exactly going to give it up, his gig, even though he sort of should have. So we we had a bit of uh, a difficult relationship. 
And towards the end of the end of my working days, I was just I had my resume out everywhere. I was interviewing everywhere. I went to they flew me to Google to interview. I was at Yahoo. I was on the phone with Amazon. You name it, I was talking to everybody to get a job somewhere else, something different, something to do. And I realized, you know, in in through the course of of not getting the Google job, which I wasn't right for anyway, that something needed to change. That I was unhappy. And I needed to not work. It was physically affecting me. I was I was just filled with stress and unhappiness. You know, it wasn't the work. It was just a whole bunch of other political bullshit that everybody has to deal with in their job. So uh, fortunately, at the time, uh, my wife and I were living in a rent-controlled neighborhood. And she had been in this place for ages and her friends owned the building for the first chunk of that eon and never raised a rent. So the two of us were there, and we had a really cheap rent. It was peanuts. You know, It was like car payment size. It was, it was ridiculous. In this day and age in, 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 uh, in Los Angeles, that's insane. So because of the fact that we were paying such little rent, uh, I could quit. And spend the time, you know, we had a, like a, a sort of a plan, like, you know, within X amount of years, you know, we'll hopefully be able to pay the rent and this and that and, you know, a couple other things, you know, and, and because of that, you know, we had to live in a lousy neighborhood with absolutely horrible neighbors with just noise all the time and it was just horrible, but it afforded this this possibility. So, you know, I'm really grateful to that and for that to be able to have, have done this. But, uh, you know, after a point, you know, we're too big for the pot. So we had to replant ourselves somewhere else. And it's made the site better even, even uh, you know, making that change. Really? Like you just yeah. changing your demeanor? Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Just like the same thing happened with a job, you know, if you're living in a lousy place and I'm working at home, so I'm home all day, so all I hear is this loud, annoying music. You know, my neighbors are cooking food on the porch right outside of my window with with uh, with paint covered logs. Basically, they yanking yanking the door jams out from their apartment, cracking them in half, you know, and and putting them on a fire and it's going right up, right up the window where I'm sitting all day. You know, I'm trying to write, I'm trying to think it's already 115 degrees in there with no air conditioning. And now I got to close the windows too, <laughs> you know, so and I'm getting gassed out smoke. So after, you know, two or three, four, five, six summers of this, that and the cockroaches and all the other nonsense, you know, we finally decided this is ridiculous. We can't take it anymore, you know, and, and, and move to a place with central air conditioning and lovely, neighbors and a beautiful view <laughs> an upgrade yeah. is always nice yeah um have you ever thought about moving to las vegas what's your what's your take on that absolutely not i would not move to las vegas the only time i would ever move is if i know my time is up uh i'm on the tail end of my journey and i wanted to just kind of go for it in a leaving Las Vegas sort of way. Uh-huh. Um, but I would not live there at all. Um, I don't, it's for what I do. I love that city because I'm not there all the time. I, I like being a tourist. I like looking forward to it and not taking any of it for 
granted. Uh, I don't want to see the, 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 the underbelly. I don't have any interest in it because I have underbelly here. Uh, I, I want to see glitz and glamour when I go there. I want to see bright lights. I want to see dreams and happiness. I want to see hope. I want to see the possibility that I might hit that triple, 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 triple diamond on the line. You know, I want to see that I'm going to have going to be able to parlay that hard 10, 5, 10, 15 times in a row till I've got $500,000 in my pocket. You know, I want to have the greatest dining in the world and, and put the suit on, but I don't want to do it every day. And I don't want to say, Oh, well, I can't go because of this, you know, and look at the casinos all day or drive by them and get used to it and be like, uh, you know, I, to me, that is a great place to visit, and that's what I love about it: is going there, looking forward to going there, and then being ah, the lights. You know, once you come around the curve there at M, and you see the lights shining out there, that to me is is priceless. That is worth the price of admission, and I don't want to live there. Absolutely not. No way. No how. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very definitive. I like that. Yeah. And I don't mean that as an insult to the people who live there, you know, because people live there for varying reasons. Some people have a, a different experience there, but mine is a, is as a tourist, and and that is what I enjoy. I don't want to, I don't want to, to taint that by, you know, having to work or, you know, seeing this stuff, getting too close to it, too much a part of it, too uh, built into it. Um, tell me about your writing process. What do you? What's that like? How much time? Would you say you usually spend working on an article? Do you have an idea and just sit down and crank it out, or do they gestate? Do you, tell me a little bit about about how you approach that. Well, there's a, you know there's a bunch of different uh, different articles require different types of uh, thinking. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have a photo. You know, it just requires a photo. Post a photo and maybe one sentence or two sentences, you know, that that uh, gets the point across. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're you're it's just a straight news job. Like, oh wow, check it out. This is what's happening, or this is what's happening. You know, it doesn't really require too much kind of thinking to get it together. You know, uh, but there are you know the occasional think pieces. You know, there's some things that sit on the desk for you know. Weeks, months before I fully flesh them out. You know, usually it's a larger uh, uh, pieces. There was one that comes to mind: a, a, a piece I wrote about Aria shortly, before, right around the time that they had first launched their website, and it was a requiem for Aria. I wrote, and you know, that took a while for me to write. It, it took, you know. A good two weeks of, of of working on it to 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 write it, and you know, I was I used the structure of a of a requiem mass as the uh, as the the skeleton, you know, for writing the piece, you know, and interspersed bits of the Latin text and whatnot. You know, I was basically writing a funeral mass for Aria before it even opened. Uh, so. You know, it, it, it took a little bit of while, a, bit, a little bit of time, you know, and, and stuff to get it going and get it writing, you know, and these things they, they, they do. Uh, hotel reviews usually take uh, a lot of procrastination and then, uh, you know, just a shitload of effort at the last minute. It's a lot of, you know, the, the, the hacking together of the photos. Sometimes it takes longer than others. 
mm-hmm. uh, depending on the quality of the the, the material. Uh, you know, if the if it's like the lighting is weird and I can't get a shot that's in focus, you know, or I wasn't wearing my glasses when I took the pictures, I come home and I put them on my computer and they're all blurry and it requires, you know, hours and hours and hours of photo manipulation to get these things kind of to, 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 to look good. So, and that's important to me. So, um, you know, it, it, it depends when I was in Macau, I was, I, I was, basically just writing on the spot. I'm like, this is what happened, you know, and, and once you just do it and you keep doing it and it just becomes a part of your thing, like every day you're writing, you know, a thousand words of stuff or 10,000 words of stuff every day you're doing it. You're just doing it and doing it and doing it. And it gets easier and easier and easier. Uh, Cause you start to see trends, not that I, I, I phone anything in, but you start to see trends and you have like a running set of jokes and gags and uh, references and you build a relationship with people. And you know, when you say just you mention one or two or three words that it'll remind, you know, the core group of readers of, you know, five or six other stories that we've posted recently, you know, so I don't really have to go into huge uh, explanations with things and also linking back to your own stories, you know, and other people to support information instead of rewriting all that stuff is like saves time and it's helpful as well. Yeah. Um, how closely do you pay attention to your traffic and analytic stats and, and does that stuff have any influence over the kind of content you decide to focus on? When I first started doing this every day I would come home and I would get out the logs, and I would read the logs. The logs, the logs for people who don't know, is is a uh, listing of every single thing that happens on the website, with the IP address, the browser, what they downloaded, what they clicked on next. So I look and see, you know, somebody looked at this, somebody looked at that, and then they left the website. So. I, what I learned from looking at, at the specifics like that is how people use the websites, how people navigate through things, where they would get lost, uh, where they would uh, become disinterested, how you know how many pages in a feature they would be willing to look at, uh, things like that. You know that just what what. Uh, Technically, it's probably called stickiness of a website. It's how much it sticks to your fingers after you kind of first get your fingers on it. You know, how much time people spend clicking around. Um, in terms of using analytics now, you know, I don't I, – I generally get a glance. I take a glance at it. I have – we have two kinds of analytics software. Like one's like the Google Analytics, which is – Kind of like, you know, the standard big crazy thing. And I don't really use that all that much. I use, that's like big trends. You know, if I want to see what, you know, did we do more traffic this month than last month? You know, I'll look at that. Uh, but there's other smaller ones which tells you like, oh, somebody came from this website. Somebody came from that website. You know, just to see who's linking to us, who knows what's going on, what's popular, what uh, people are looking at, what people are not looking at, what types of stories aren't successful or are successful. Um, I don't tailor the content to anything other than my gut interest as to what I think people might find helpful. 
what they might find helpful for, you know, planning their trips or interesting or just entertainment value. Uh, you know, I, I don't look at the stats and say, oh, we need to do more stories about Mandalay Bay because people are interested in it. No, that that type of science doesn't really exist for me. So um, let's talk about your relationship with the casinos themselves. Um, both you and also now you you have other people writing for you. What are those relationships like? Um, and you know, do you have any kind of standards that you try to adhere to when dealing with these people? Well, our our relationships with with the casinos is uh, I, I kind of like to not really have one. You know, I, I like to be invisible to them to a degree, but sometimes it's nice to when they invite us to uh, come see their stuff or give us a little bit of secret information. But I don't, I don't want us to be their best friends. I don't, you know, cause our, our goal here is to not tell the story that they want us to tell. Our goal is to tell the story that we want to tell. You know, if they want to help us tell that story, you know, then we'll tell that story. You know, we know people are want to know about, let's say, uh, like uh, a recent topic, uh, you know, iPhone apps, right? We want people to know that these things are out there. You know, we don't want the casino to give us a press release and say, you know, we've got this, we've got that, we're doing this. No, we're not going to do that. They, we, we would love it for them to say, hey, we're going to put out an iPhone app. Here's a copy of it. Check it out. That's great. We love that. But, you know, when they give us the content, uh, you know, that's that's a problem for me. It's a big problem for me. Um, and the, because we have our own editorial uh, slant on things where we do tell the truth and we kind of will uh, make people unhappy, we do make people unhappy. Uh, the casinos, you know – it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a lighthearted guy for the most part. You know, I like to think I'm relatively easygoing. Uh, people who are my friends, you know, say that I'm a nice guy. They like me. But, you know, I, no matter what, folks in the business, there's a lot of them who just don't like me. They don't like me. They don't like us. They don't like what we do. Uh, they like it when we trash their competitors. They love it when we trash their competitors. But they don't – they take it personally. People get a little unhappy, you know, and cold shoulder and stop answering emails and yada, yada. You know, the whole thing. It's, it's just it, – it, it's a complex uh, game, dynamic game that I honestly don't really want to participate in. <laughs> you know, I, I like the people. I like people – some people. I like the casinos for the most part. But – you know, some of the bullshit with the with the people, uh, the relationships is is a little bit much for me to want to deal with sometimes. Some, some people would argue that you know uh, there are people in the in the Vegas media that um, you know are just basically used to getting so much free stuff from the casinos that they have a hard time being objective. Um, yeah. Do you see that? Do you agree with that assessment? Um, it's sort of a, a macro sense. I mean, is there a problem? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely possible. You know, uh, I know some publications like the, the Las Vegas Sun 
says you can't get anything from a casino over the value of one dollar. <laughs> so that means like you can you can get like a glass of water from them, but you can't get any you can't accept any other comps or anything like that. And 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 I completely agree. I think that's a little hardcore, but but I agree why why that's the truth. And in new media blogging and tweetering and all this other stuffering Particularly, you know, the rules are, are non-existent. They're very, very vague. Well, the rules actually do exist. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the, the Federal Trade Commission has put out guidelines for uh, bloggers on how they have to – how they are required to handle if they receive uh, freebies in exchange for reviews. You know, you're required to state – we got this for free. Uh, it did or did not ex- influence our decision. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we didn't pay for it. Just so people know, you know, just to keep things on the up and up. And a lot of folks don't adhere to that. You know, they get free tickets to go to a show and then they review the show. You know, they don't say, hey, you know what? They gave me free tickets to come review the show. Because if you pay for something, you have a different concept of value than when you get it for free. It's just a fact. Uh, come down now, get the new book by Donald Trump. It's fifty nine ninety nine. You know, fifty nine ninety nine book by Donald Trump makes Donald Trump's writing seem like, oh wow, it's worth fifty nine ninety nine. It's that good that they're charging that much money for it. You know, come down now today, get the new book, Donald Trump. It's on sale for ninety nine cents <laughs> for free. You know, makes you think, oh well what's wrong with it? Is it a cutout? You know, is it a record with the cutouts in the corner? Is it misprinted? Is it a spiff? You know, what's wrong with it? Is it an old run? Why isn't? Why is he not selling it for twenty nine dollars or something? You know, the value of things it, it completely changes. And I think a lot of it has to do with if you live there and you're covering this stuff, you get to know everybody. You get involved in these things. And hey, you know what? If you come have dinner at Palms and tweet about it. You know, we'll take care of your bill. And I could see how some of these folks who are doing this could, you know, you fire up your Google Calendar and you're like, okay, Thursday, sure, we'll do Palm's lunch on Thursday and then uh, Serendipity 3 on Friday. And then you, you can get a whole schedule of exchanging tweets and posts for freebies and never have to buy groceries or do anything in your entire life. You know, you just figure out a way to kind of shirk the system. There's always going to be someone there. But, you know, the FTC requires you to say that I got this for free. And if you don't do that, you as a blogger or tweeter or whoever it is, you don't do that. Uh, not only will they come after you, but they're going to come after the person who you made this agreement with. And those people are the ones who are actually going to have to pay the big fines. And I don't think the casinos know this. They're not aware or they just don't give a shit or they don't think the government's going to do anything about it. But, you know, rules are rules. Laws are laws. And it's also uh, how much do you want your uh, readers to believe you? If everything you say is great and you haven't paid a damn thing for anything – then why the hell should anybody listen to you? 
or believe you or believe anything you have to say. It's just you're you're undermining your own credibility by basically being a megaphone. This is the this is a 140 character small bullshit social media version of a press release. You know, but they're instead of paying uh, PR web to send out you know the press release for 250 bucks, they're comping somebody a dinner right. to get them to say good things. What would you say is the hardest part of your job? The hours. <laughs> How much time do you spend working on the site in an average week? That was a joke. Um, oh, I mean, I, but that's a good question. It is a good question. Um, you know, I used to spend probably about 18 hours a day working on it from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Um, after some uh, very heartfelt discussions with my wife, <laughs> she convinced me that uh, I was working a little bit too much. And I needed to spend a little bit more time hanging out with the family. And it's been it's been a good thing for me to do that. So now I've tried to cut it back where I, I really don't try not to do too much on the weekends. Um, and from the time of like... Six o'clock till about eleven p.m. I'm trying not to work. You know, I might have to if if there's something happens if somebody pings me. You know, I'm always monitoring everything. I'm always monitoring all the comments, all what's happening on the board. You know, if the site goes down, what's up with the server? You name. Know, I always got my eyes on that, except when I'm sleeping. But you know, in terms of the actual amount of time, you know, probably about eight or ten hours, maybe a little bit more. Occasionally, if we're working on a project, the trippies tends to be, uh, you know, it goes back to the total information, total awakeness. You know, it sucks up every minute of my time for about you know a month. So, so let's yeah. get back to the original question: the hardest part of your job. The hardest part of my job is, uh, well. Is, Working by myself, or at least alone all day, uh, sometimes I get lonely, you know. It's it's good to have interaction through the internet, you know. Like I see people post comments and I'm laughing, you know. I'm sitting here laughing laughing my ass off at comments and things that are happening on the Twitter and whatnot, you know. The conversations that are going on, they kill me. But, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm at home all day by myself, you know, and I love my dog. She's, she's a, a hell of a lot of uh, fun and entertainment, but, you know, it would be nice to have some actual coworkers around some time to go out to lunch or take a break with and bullshit. You know, sometimes I get a little, a little lonely, a little depressed, a little sad. And sometimes I get sick of Vegas, you know. Somebody just posted something about this on the board today. You know, they came back from town and they don't want to go back again. And I understand that. Sometimes I get sick of the subject matter. My God, man. They want to hoist another one of these bullshit deals on us, man. God, I take it personally. I get angry. You know, I get sick of uh, going to the casino and losing all the time. You know, there was a stretch of time where anything I played, any gambling, craps, dice, uh, blackjack, slots, video poker, you name it, the money would just come out of my pocket, onto the table, gone, goodbye, like a hoover. And, you know, it made me not, I'm like, why do I even bother writing about this stuff, man? This is becoming unfun. These vacations are becoming completely the opposite of a good time. All I'm doing is coming here and I'm losing money and I'm having bad service and I'm not getting treated right, treated well. Like, well, I don't want to come back here. This was... You know, this particularly happened with with uh, a lot of the stuff like at the end of last year. You know, 
Arya and whatnot. And uh, I got burned out. So how do you, you know? deal with burnout? I try and take a break. You know, sometimes people notice. You know, it's been five days since I posted anything. Well, that's why, because <laughs> I, I can't fake it. You know, I can't fake it. I can't just churn out press releases. I can't just churn out, uh, you know, regurgitating this and keeping a quota, a quote unquote quota that a lot of other people kind of do. It's not, it's not me. Uh, you know, I, I still do this because I'm interested and I do it because I'm fun, because it's fun. Uh, and if it's not either of those things, then I don't want to do it and I'm not going to do it. You know, I, the, the day that I really, that I hate doing this. The day that I don't want to do it anymore is the day that I'm just going to unplug the server and turn it off. You know, be sorry, guys. Thank you. Everything has a lifespan. Uh, the leaves have fallen off the tree. Goodbye. Uh, we appreciate everything. You know, go check out these other places. We'll leave the message board open for a month. You know, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. But you know, sometimes I think about it. It's like, hey, I should just stop this. But, you know, I still love it. <laughs> Have you had any uh, dis- disasters or near disasters related to running the site? And I don't, maybe that's operationally or editorially. I mean, is there any, has anything happened where you, you were like, I don't, holy shit, how am I going to get myself out of this one? Oh, boy. Um, you know, the, uh, we, I've been pretty cautious. You know, when I was young, younger, or first starting this thing, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. But fortunately, we've had such a slow enough kind of growth. Everything's been really slow, 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 that the mistakes were made early. And they were pretty small. And they weren't that really that big of a deal. Um, you know, the minor ones, like I remember once, like I copied over the, 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 the trippies. I moved the trippies folder to somewhere else. And the... Uh, for whatever crazy server reason, it deleted the HT access file, which had all of the, like, whatever, 150 URLs, you know, redirects written in there, you know, right while there's like a thousand, 10,000 people, like, ready to pounce on the awards, you know, the night of the awards show, and I'm half drunk. You know, so that was, that was a little bit of an oh shit moment. Fortunately, I had saved a copy somewhere. So I, I grabbed that one and made a couple of changes that I had made in the interim. So that was a, a quick little save. Uh, you know, recently we've, we've, uh, even after, uh, upgrading our hosting, like the amount of traffic, uh, that has increased, we've had a tremendous influx in the past four or five months or so of traffic. Uh, and it's taken the server out a couple of times, not really a big deal, but, uh, you know, we contact our hosting company and there was some things that were causing some problems that, uh, we figured out and fixed. Um, but possibly the biggest, uh, uh, kind of pile of hot water I ever have gotten myself into was, uh, getting our little nasty gram from, uh, wind resorts. Right. Which I don't know if you want me to go into that story. All well, over. I, I think I think most people are probably familiar with that. I mean, just to do a very quick recap, uh, you had created a parody website um, that they decided uh, that they thought may have infringed on one of their uh, one of their marks, and it resulted in um, sort of a little bit of legal volleyball. Uh, the end result of which uh, you know you decided to stand your ground, and uh, they backed off. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's sort of the nutshell version. Yeah. While that was going on, um, you know, how worried were you about that? 
Well, I, you know, when we first got it, uh, I was certainly concerned, you know, but I, I, my gut feeling was, you know, the red, the domain was registered under my wife's name. She went, I, we were talking about it and she went and registered it using her GoDaddy account that she uses for other things. You know, we buy domain names all the time just for fun. You know, just, we think of something, ah, let's buy that domain name. Ah, you know, and usually nothing ever happens of it. You know, we buy it for a year and then forget about it. But, uh, so she went and bought that and, you know, I put up that, the splash page as it is, you know, just as a gag. You know, with with plans of making a full, crazy, you know, a hysterical Steve Wynn parody later on. Um, but, you know, when we got the thing, I figured, you know, it was addressed to her. So my thought was, well, they don't know who this person is. Right. You know, and so I think they kind of made a mistake. If they knew it was us, they never would have sent it. Possibly, you know, because we have a, a reasonably good you know, a decent relationship with their, with their folks, you know, right up to the, to the top brass of the resort. Uh, you know, talked to them on the phone. I just sat down with Roger Thomas a couple of days ago, you know, and if they saw something that they were concerned about, they would have just contacted us, you know? So I, I figured the thing was kind of half of a mistake, but you know, it was strongly worded and it was, you know, they wanted the domain. They wanted this, that, and the other thing, but you know, we talked about it with my wife. We're like, well, we should just give it to him, you know, whatever. We'll just let it go. And, you know, we didn't even get to do the joke. And we'll just post a story about how stupid the whole thing is. Yada, yada, yada. Forget it. But one night I got my Irish up. I have a little bit Irish in me. And the artist in me said, you know what? Screw those guys, man. No way. They're not getting this domain. They're not taking this site down. They're not taking this thing. This is a joke. This is a gag. This is this is parody within fair use. No way am I folding up like a deck chair. This is what testicular fortitude is all about. This is the very definition of what we do. If we fold up and give them and just don't put up any kind of fight, then I don't deserve anything. This website needs to close. That's it. So I, you know, much to uh, my wife's kind of hesitation, because she was worried that, you know, we would be engaged in a lawsuit and actually have to go to court and deal with lawyer fees and all that stuff. You know, real life things, money, you know, what do you do when you don't have this money? You're fighting a gigantic multi-billion dollar corporation that has, you know, five lawyers on staff, you know, doesn't cost them any more money, whether they're in, in, in court or not, they're still paying those guys salaries. So, you know, much to her dismay, <laughs> I decided to do it anyway. And I did it publicly and I've decided to fight them and make, make the points out and say, show that, that all the reasons why they wanted it were absolutely wrong. You know, and I and I was extremely concerned. I was stressed out. I was worried for days and days and days. I didn't sleep. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, you know, get that feeling like that feeling you get inside when you know you're in trouble, when you you did something wrong, and oh fuck, you know what's going to happen. So I, I, I finally decided I got to get away from the computer. This is ridiculous. I'm really stressed out. I got in the car with my dog. And I brought her to the cornfield here, downtown L.A., to, to, to walk her and just kind of get some fresh air. 
as I'm walking through the park, I get a message from one of the folks there who says to me, I just talked with the lawyer, not going to do anything. Don't worry about it. We're all dying laughing here at this letter, at the thing you posted. It's so funny. You know, we should have drinks next time you come to town. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. It's all done. You know, so right when it got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore and I was about ready to kind of collapse or have a heart attack, you know, they were laughing. You know, they were laughing at my response. Instead of formulating a, 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 a you know, a, a blockade of, of everything, you know, full legal firepower, they were laughing their asses off and, and having a good time along with the rest of us. So it proved to me that, you know, there are good people and they do work in the casinos and whatnot. And, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it to fight it back instead of just fold it up. So you, over the years, you've added some special features to your website, uh, such as I'm going to use CasinoVac as an example of that. Um, what's the, what's the reader reaction been to those kind of sort of, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it, it's sort of a, it's an added experience. It's, it goes beyond, you know, a traditional kind of editorial kind of thing. Um, how are people – do they respond well to that sort of thing? People seem to like it. Uh, you know, we haven't really pushed it too hard. You know, when we first put it out, we were like, hey, check this out. You know, it's a recommendation tool. You basically drag a slider from one end to the other end, you know, between two types of options. And uh, it will spit out what casinos are best for you based on your tastes. Um, you know, people like it, you know, they, they, we've got a good response to it. It's been, been, uh, talked about in a bunch of other blogs, websites, things like that, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a different kind of tool than, uh, people are used to seeing, I think on any kind of travel website like that. And there's also the, the battle Royale where we take all the reviews of, of the, uh, casinos, the user generated reviews, and we pit them against each other in, in a, in a fight to see who wins, which is the most popular popular casino. Uh, you know, there was a time there where this is like the beginning of the Great Recession uh, where everything was not looking good, you know, in the casino business and it was affecting us too. You know, people are not – the last thing they're thinking about is, you know, going to Vegas when their mortgage is crumbling. You know, they, they're underwater on their house. So people stop coming to the website. People don't come to the website. You know, they don't show no ads and we don't get paid. You know, it's it's as simple as that. So I, I was thinking, well, you know, what do you do when these kinds of things happen? And I remembered back to an old Apple Steve Jobs presentation during the middle of a, a previous recession, probably the 2001 uh, dot-com bust, where he said that, you know, times are tough, uh, but the only way to get through tough times is to innovate. To innovate through downturns, you just take take your time and just put the effort right into your product. Make things better, make things smarter, make things faster. Build software, build objects that nobody else has. That's going to set you apart from every other site. You know, there's a million Vegas blogs out there. There's a million of them. They they all have the WordPress or whatever it is, and People just kind of – they never had to build anything. They just kind of plugged it in, picked a theme, maybe changed a couple images here or there, and 
you know, and then just start instant publishing. And that's great. I think it's a fantastic thing that people are able to do that. But the thing that sets us apart from a blog is that we have things like CasinoVac. We have things like an actual hotel guide. We have multi-page feature items. You know, we have a little social network thing kind of stuff to help the users get to know each other and uh, – you know, and we and we use software to kind of create a community and create a, a a place, a destination where people can get information and suggestions in in uh, in a custom kind of way. And CasinoVac is 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 a way to do that. You say the things that you like. I like doing these things. Where should I stay? And it tells you, gives you ten or fifteen options of what you should check out. You know, most people don't know. Like, where should I stay? I don't know where I should stay. Should I stay at the Imperial Palace? I really like I really like high-end Chinese food. Should I stay at Hooters? No. You know, but Casino Vac's going to tell you. We can't give people advice all the time, like personal advice. We get contact, and I'm sure you do as well. I want to do this and that. Where should I stay? You know, I'm not a travel agent. I'm not a travel agent for hire, and I will give people help. I always tell people, ask the board. Ask on the board. You're going to get a thousand responses, and everyone's going to be smarter than mine because our readers are the best. So between that and the automated casino vac thing, I think folks will get a you know get a really good idea of 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 where they should stay. Um, talk to me a little bit about the trippies. The trippies are your annual um, sort of reader and editors review poll um, that you do. Um, where did uh, you know doing polls is uh, is is a common thing you see it a lot in the uh, newspaper industry. Um, you know, weeklies and dailies both do these, and some other websites do these as well. How did you decide that you wanted to do one of these? Did you were you frustrated with the uh, other options or lack thereof? I mean, where did, how did it come into being? Yeah, there's two reasons why uh, we did this. Um, a guy I know started a, a online poll thing where he would poll people about a certain subject and he, you know, said it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting, you know, the people really responded to it and, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was an enriching experience for everybody. It created a lot of discussion. That was one, you know, that's like a technical thing. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's kind of interesting from, from somebody's operated side, uh, reading the RJ polls, you know, uh, I just – their best of Las Vegas poll is, I imagine, uh, helpful to a degree. But it's not – it doesn't take the tourist perspective at all. And my thought was, well, why don't we ask tourists what they think? You know, we're the people who just kind of fly into town for two days, three days, maybe once, twice, three times, four times a year if you're really dedicated. You know, what do they experience? What do they like? What kind of stuff? Because people who come in from out of town, uh, you know, have different likes and dislikes and folks who see this stuff every day. It, it, it was just a uh, – it seemed like a no-brainer to me. Like we should just poll our readers. The more readers we get over time, the more accurate and the more interesting the poll is going to become. And if we make the categories fascinating, kind of kooky and fun, it won't be like best burrito stand. You know, or best place to get discount electronics. You know, best floral florist delivery in the North Valley. You know, the best 
this, that, and the other thing, you know, and, and, you know, over time it, 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 it's become a great community builder. You know, we added the thing with the best blogs and the best websites, the best, this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, because there are people who are working, you know, like you and Tim and so on. And so all these people who are out working, working on their sites and whatnot. And, and people, tourists like them. They like doing that. Why not get them the opportunity to say, hey, I like this website or, hey, I like this. I like this person on the Twitter. They do a good job. You know, get them to vote, get them to have their say to nominate and give the people who are working on these things, you know, the accolades they deserve from from their readers and listeners. You know, otherwise we're all kind of working in a vacuum. It's great to have somebody pat you on the back once in a while. It's like, good job, man. Maybe you didn't win, but gee whiz, out of the 100,000 people who nominated, you know, you were in the top five. That's great. You know, it's this, this is our community. This is our people. This is what they call the Internet Vegas Mafia or whatever <laughs> nonsense that it is. You know, but this is a community of people who are tourists who are interested in the tourism sector for the most part of this city. There's the same same type of community related to Disneyland as well, but we're the Vegas ones. Uh, in addition to Vegas tripping, you also run um, the Atlantic City site, uh, Reno tripping, Macau tripping, the Felt Jungle site, and I believe – I'm not sure how active you are, but I know you are involved in the Wino tripping site – um, that's a lot of that's a lot of different that's a lot of work. I mean, that's a lot of um, offshoots. Yeah. How how much you know? What's the balance like? Is is Vegas tripping the real um, the main uh, focus? Um, how do you decide to sort of uh, shift your time and your resources between those? Vegas tripping is the focus. Um, uh, the percentage wise is probably like ninety percent on VT. That's that's the site. Everything happens there. Um, the the AC site I don't have enough time I've been putting off AC trips for so long I'm embarrassed uh, I'm, I'm ready to just pull the plug on the site and hide it <laughs> because I have not given it the love that I had originally intended to uh, you know and I'm hoping that at some point some beautiful wonderful soul is going to come out of the woodwork and volunteer themselves to help <laughs> So, you know, that Reno, you know, we've been to Reno and Lake Tahoe a number of times. Uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit more of a stagnant thing. Uh, the city itself doesn't change a hell of a lot, you know, so it doesn't require too much. You know, these, these are really like nuts and bolts kind of sites. Uh, Felt Jungle is mostly about like maps and, and uh, it was more designed to have the readers – do more work, but they never actually did it. Uh, you know, do a little bit more with the reviews and whatnot. But pe- people, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with that site, man. I haven't fully unlocked that one yet. Um, the Macau site is a labor of love. Uh, I love Macau. I had just, I was fascinated by the place, fascinated by the culture, fascinated by the fact that here's this Las Vegas in the middle of the South China Sea. Um, and going there was just one of one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And I'm just the, my eyeballs actually opened last night while I was sleeping, saying, "I'm going to go to Macau like soon. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go soon. It's going to happen probably within the next six months uh, that I'm going to go." So uh, 
the Wino Tripping site is is a collaboration with my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. We've been friends since before puberty. Uh, my friend Rich, who is uh, he's just a gem of a guy. He's a total lunatic. Uh, and he lives in San Francisco. He's a total wine guy. He loves it, and he love he's always loved going to wine country and just kind of poking around. And wherever he goes, he goes to a winery. And it's kind of like the same thing that I do. If I go to Arizona, I'll end up in a casino. You know, if I go to Kentucky, I'll end up in a casino. It just invariably happens. So, you know, just after seeing this happening, just him and his life, oh, yeah, we went to the winery. Like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do a wino tripping site, you know? I'll build it. I'll build all the technology. You know, we've already got most of it. You know, if we can repurpose from the other sites, change the design a little bit, and let you have it, have at it with the uh, with the uh, with the content. And he's done a tremendous job. You know, for only being out for a year, he's starting to gather a nice readership. Some of the folks from VT have moved over there and are discussing posts. And if you're not reading it, you should be because he's a scream. He's so funny. Um, you know, and he's not a wine snob, and that's the great thing. He's like a regular guy who's interested in wine. He doesn't get too, uh, too, um, too uh, cuckoo about it. He he keeps it. He keeps a good perspective on it. Yeah. So you know, we've got all these sites. There's like a thousand more I'd love to build, but uh, this kind of covers most of it in terms of the gambling. Uh, I'm hoping. You know, at some point to get some help with some of these other ones as as we get a little bit more, uh, you know, more wherewithal to have some people on staff. So, you know, I'm trying to trying to keep it updated as much as I can. But for sure, Vegas tripping is is our focus. It's our flagship. It is our Harris. Yeah. <laughs> um- who do you see as your competition? Do you think about competition at all? Um, does that factor into you know any of how you decide to do business? Um, sometimes I I think about competition, but I don't I don't think we have any competition for the most part. Uh, you know, because what we offer is 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 wider and larger. You know, like some people might have a blog that's really interesting. You know, with good content and good writing and good point of view, um, but uh, it's not unified. And I think the design—you know—we our design. I'm not trying to be an egomaniac here. I'm, I'm being uh, realistic. I think I think our our brand is unified. I think our uh, interface is is. You know, it's probably going to be ready for a refresh relatively soon. Uh, but it, but it's it's usable. Everything's usable, and we have a great community and great content. And the guys who are writing for us are tops. They're absolutely the best. Um, so I, you know, in terms of st- competition, you know, the closest would be possibly Las Vegas Advisor. But I think that we've, even though they have more traffic and more people. Uh, you know, in terms of websites, ours completely smokes theirs. Um, they have more people, but their focus is selling coupon books. Their their focus isn't on providing an internet experience. So it would make sense that they're you know that we have them beat on that. But they have us beat on selling coupon books, which we don't really have an interest in. So, um, you know, TripAdvisor you might say is a competitor, but. They're kind of just a generic message board thing. Um, 
Cheapo Vegas to a degree, but they, you know their site seems to have isn't as you know isn't as alive. They didn't make the jump into Web 2.0, uh, but their content is great. It's hysterical. It's a great site. Loved it. Um, where where do you want Vegas tripping to be in? I don't know a year, two years. <laughs> Henderson. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people ask five and ten year questions, but I, I'm yeah. not a big believer in you know just peering off into the horizon. It's just too hard to do. Um, yeah. But you know, in the in the more immediate term, the more um, immediate term, yeah. I mean, if, if there, uh, maybe put it another way, if you won that uh, triple diamond on that slot machine and you had a ton of money that you could pour into your business, what would you choose to invest in? Well, I would probably invest in in getting some help. You know, taking some of the responsibilities, the daily responsibilities, off of my shoulders. I'd probably get some help dealing with the code, uh, and I'd probably get some people to to uh, you know help with the content on the other sites, not VT. We've got you know between Mike and John and myself and Eric, we've got a pretty cranking staff right now. So. Uh, you know, I'd like to have some hire some people to help with uh, with uh, the AC site, particularly some folks who are on the ground who are going there all the time. You know, taking pictures, fascinating about it, and then have a, you know everybody kind of helping with some of the other sites. You know, the the felt jungle, particularly. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like we're just hitting strides again. You know, everything is just sort of up and down, up and down, up and down. Sometimes we're like full, killing it. Sometimes we're a little quiet. Sometimes we're posting stuff, but it's not interesting, you know, or like, whatever. It's just the vibes aren't right on everything. But I think we've been on a, a really hot streak the last couple of months. And I just like to keep that going. You know, it's just like being at the dice table. If you're at the dice table and you're in the middle of a good roll, you just want that roll to keep going. I'm not thinking about, oh, you know, when the dice get back to me at this point. So as long as we just keep cranking, keep cranking, you know, maybe do a little bit of upgrades here or there. There's probably going to be a redesign in, in, in here somewhere. But, you know, I'm happy with the way things are. There's a couple of tools that I might build. Uh, but but I think I think just keep rolling the way we're rolling and everything's going to be great. Um, do, this is sort of a, a wonky uh, web publishing question, but I'm, I'm curious because my own experience, just partially based on my own experience. You obviously have advertising on Vegas Shipping. You also use affiliate links and hotels for booking and that kind of thing. Um, do you see a clear trend as far as one being more important than the other? Um, my my own experience has been that the affiliate stuff is, you know, not even close. But I'm curious if, if yours is along the same line. Well, it uh, it depends. You know, through the course of this, we never had advertising at the beginning. When we had some affiliate things. We were talked into doing the advertising by a friend of ours who. Uh, was working for the company that got bought by Google to make AdSense. So he was working on it before Google started doing it, who's our main ad- advertising provider. Is that Overture or what company? It was, uh, it was uh, Applied Semantics. Oh, okay. So they did the contextual, the word matching to be able to uh, figure out the meanings of words and, and tell what was on your, your website and then serve ads as related to it. So he you know, was like, you know, you could just take this code and you just put it on your site. You guys would be perfect for it. So I went home and I signed up for it. And then 
I got an email back from Google like the next day, and they're like, sorry, your site is declined because it's about gambling. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's not really about gambling. You know, it's about, you know, it's about travel. It's Las Vegas travel. It's about casinos and hotels. And, you know, we talk about gambling, but it's not a gambling website. It's not a poker website. So they relented and let us put put the advertising on there. So, you know, we had no vision of what was going to happen here. You know, making like a couple of pennies a day for years and put the affiliate things on there. You know, sometimes somebody would click on a banner maybe and they'd go book a hotel room here or there. Uh, You know, over time, I kind of gave up on the affiliate thing. And the advertising made a little bit more kind of money, but then I gave up on the advertising and went more for the affiliate thing and that kind of worked. So it's always like a trial and error and see what happens and what doesn't happen. But over time, you know, advertising seems to be the, the, the way that it works. Uh, it's with affiliate marketing, basically you're giving people advertising space in the hope that somebody might book something. With advertising, you're selling them that same space, and they have to pay pay for it whether or not somebody books something or not. You know, it's up to them to convert. It's not up to us to get people to convert. So, uh, it, to me, it's it's a it's a uh, it, it's a better situation. But with affiliates, if somebody does convert, you know, usually there's more money involved and whatnot. But uh, I, you know, I'm not really in the business of trying to sell hotel rooms. You know, I'm in the business of giving people information. If a casino wants to have some space around that to get their message out, then they can pay for it, and that's fine. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the state of Vegas, especially some recent, um, you know, recent events. Uh, City Center opened in December. Now, you know, for the years from when it was announced to its opening, it was a dominant story. Um, now that it's been open for a while, I'm curious to get your feeling. I know you've stayed a few times, um, had your ups and your downs, and you've written about some of that. Um, but if you could sum it up, I mean, how do you see City Center uh, in terms of its successes and its failures? Um, is it Has it lived up to the expectations that you had uh, not necessarily that were set by others, but the expectations that you had. Well, I, I've uh, this is a difficult question. Um, I, th- I think City Center, the building is gorgeous. The buildings are fabulous. The bones are good. I've stayed there twice. I've stayed at Aria twice, and I've yet to publish a review, a full review. I've, I've done like one first impressions kind of featurette, and then a, a second one after a second story, which was a little bit more addressing some of the problems, specific problems. But uh, the reason why I haven't published a review is because the, my experiences there in the rooms of the service and some other things has been pretty bad. And I, I, I didn't do the first one because it was opening week. I'm like, okay, I don't want to and I want to. I want. I want to give it a second stay to 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 measure it. I did the second stay, and it was worse than the first, which was a lot of fun because it was opening week, and you know they got us hammered. So uh, that that helps. You know, you want a good review, you get me drunk. <laughs> um, I didn't remember a damn thing. I must have had a good time, but. Uh, 
So the second review, I just I started working on it, and I cut all the photos, and I started writing it, and it was just angry. It was angry, and I'm like, you know, this is a new hotel. I just I don't feel right doing this. Like I, I need to give them another third stay. So I've opted to kind of pull the gun out or put the gun back in the holster for the third time. And I'm waiting. I'm going to give them probably until late in the fall, almost a year after opening to see if they've gotten everything fixed. A lot of these things, these, these problems that I've had with them fixed. And, you know, if depending on what happens, you know, that's the review they're going to get. It's going to be an amalgam of all three of these uh, experiences with the last one, you know, hopefully being, you know, better than the first two. So I, I think the, the building itself, the structure is good. Uh, I think they made some mistakes in designing the offset from the street, I think is a mistake still. Uh, Aria shouldn't be in the back, in the middle, you know, it should be up on the street. It doesn't, you don't feel the energy of the strip at all. Uh, the The... You know, the service is, is just – it was not right. It's not – if they wanted to make this place their flagship, they need to treat it like a flagship. You know, give this thing Bellagio-style service. Maybe, you, you know, you don't want these – you don't want it to be like Bellagio old-style catering to the – as Rock Chick would say, the guy with the monocle. Uh, but, but make it hot, smart, young, you know – killer service for, for people who need it for that, not snarky, nasty, and do I really have to do that for you? You know, making me stand in lines and things like that and all that. So, you know, I, I think operationally they made a lot of mistakes, and it's cost them. You know, it's going to be a while before they can figure that out, and not having a, a good full house all the time is going to make that even harder for them. So hopefully, you know, by the time the recession is over, that they'll have everything running on full cylinders. Now, this is primarily, my comments are mostly about Aria, but, you know, Vidara, to me, it seems like a mistake uh, from, from the business point of view and from somebody wanting to stay there point of view. It's... That they thought that those small footprint rooms with a with a mediocre kitchenette would be able to be sold as condos, even remotely livable condos, not really. No way. Absolutely not. The rooms are too small. There's no storage. There's no space in there at all. Now, using those to sell off as like a timeshare condo hotel thing, then why even bother put the kitchenette in there? Basically, they just wanted to get some investment from people to, to help them pay for this project. And they did it by making a, a putting a kitchenette in, a, in an incredibly already small hotel room. You know, it's, it's not it's, – it's too small to be an investment property, and it's, now it's, it seems like it's too small and too dense to be a proper hotel room. I don't – that there's no casino and no smoking and all these other things. It's like it, it, it seems to me that it's just not it's not right. And Vidara's just something about it. It's it, it seems like it was a mistake. Um, Mandarin Oriental. I haven't been in the residences, but uh, the hotel is gorgeous. I haven't stayed there. Of course, I toured your room and took photos of it. It was just stellar. You know, the rooms I thought were a little small on the small side, but they're so well appointed you couldn't help but love them. Service is fantastic. I love the bar. I haven't been to the restaurant yet, but 
that is, you know, a shining, uh, a shining example of something that's awesome there. You know, I do love the Mandarin Oriental. The, the crystals, to me, is a mess. Uh, it, the walkways lead to nowhere. Uh, there's no way to get from the entrance without walking all the way through and around the whole hotel up and down a couple flights of stairs uh, to get to Aria. There's no direct route. Um, the ambient signifiers on the floor, there's like inlaid the stones that are polished, cut in half and polished, you know, in an inlay. They, they make these kind of like lines, like in a road. And at various points, you know, you're walking along. If you just go by those lines, you end up walking face first into a wall. Uh, the, the the flow of the the building is 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 not right it's just it's it seems like it was more about the ego of the the, the architecture and kind of trying to skirt rules as opposed to saying hey you know what there are rules of design there are rules of retail design the way things are supposed to happen you have to just kind of go with that and then maybe make a couple of you know cutesy remarks on it but uh it it it, it's not it's not conducive to walking traffic and the other major problem I have with city center particularly aria and to some degree this also the crystals can can be part of this too is they tried to reimagine fully reimagine the casino resort for the 21st century they tried to fully reimagine technology reimagine architecture reimagine design and layout and all these things but they did not reimagine the content they used the same eight chefs that are in bellagio they used the same entertainment provider that is in seven or eight other casinos in Las Vegas. They use the same types of mix of games. They use the same names for some of these restaurants. They use the same so on and so forth. It just keeps going on. They don't, if you're truly going to redesign the casino experience, then go for it. You know, there's so many great chefs in this world who would be, who would die to have, a, a restaurant, you know, go travel the world, go somewhere, find a, find a chef who kicks ass. I'll give you a list of about 10. There's one right here in LA, Walter Mankey, who doesn't have a restaurant. He's just, he's just gone. He needs, a, somebody should hire him, snap him up right now. He's great. You know what? There's, there's thousands of them. Why not? Instead, they took the same six guys. Maybe the yeah, other great, but the same six guys in, in the same food, the same kind of place. So to me, it was a lot of promises, and a lot of it has been unfulfilled. Uh, I, I, think, I think they could have put their thinking caps on just a little bit more, perhaps it was because of monetary reasons or whatever, but the content really needed a refresh. Uh, you seem pretty excited about the Cosmopolitan, which is opening on the Strip in December. Can you explain uh, how it's captured your imagination? And were you always excited about the project, or has something changed? No, I was not excited about the project. You know, the building's okay. Uh, I, I like the actually the outside, the strip facing part that people seem to be complaining about a little bit. But like, the, I like the Superman's lair kind of glass <laughs> thing sticking out the outside. And you know, when I was I was looking at it, I was I was driving by the other day, and uh, you know, there's it seems like there was some lights on there, and now they've got a sign, and it's starting to look a little bit more together. 
the thing that, that, that fascinates me about the Cosmopolitan at this stage of the game, uh, in addition to you know some of the products that they're offering, the rooms look great. Uh, I love I love the idea of having a, a, a suite with a balcony so I can have fresh air. Um, sit outside, enjoy bottle service in my room while watching the Bellagio fountains or staring out at the sunrise through city center or what have you. Um, you know, a lot of these, the, the, those things are, are interesting, but the, the thing that's captured me the most is how successfully they have launched this brand. And it could be because I'm, you know, as a guy who deals with brand marketing of building my own, you know, our own brands, you know, I know how hard it is and how it usually takes a while before you can have a brand and, and really get an identity. And how the, if the focus of the interiors of the building, of, of the content of the building, of what they're offering inside is as um exquisitely put together as as sharply organized and as attuned to detail as their brand and their marketing messages are then i think this is this is going to be like the independent property we've all been hoping for you know, it, it, they're taking a different. They're their own people. They did not go and poach everything from everything else. You know, their their look is different. Their feel is different. The way they're interacting, the way they're talking with people in terms of social media, uh, the way their website behaves, acts. You know, it's a little bit different, but it's clean. It's tight. It's really well put together. And the people who are behind it um, come from. You know they have a great pedigree. They've all come from the top end resorts or top people. You know maybe second in commands or first in commands at other properties. You know in their respective departments, and you know this is their chance to finally shine. They're doing the things that they couldn't do when they were under, uh, you know, somebody else's control. So you have all these people who are trying to climb up the corporate ladder, trying to show what they can do. They've been stifled. You know, and now it seems like. Through some kind of synergistic miracle, you know, even at this early stage, we're only what four months or so before they open. Um, you know, it, you can just feel this flowering of of energy coming out of the property, and it's infectious. You know, I think anybody who's who's been who's been watching it uh, for the most part is is intrigued at the least by what they're going to do. You know. And they're they're miles ahead of building a brand and building a relationship with clients than Aria was at this point. You know, at this point, Aria didn't have a really have a website out. They had a really schlocky thing that was half working. It didn't even work in Mac browsers half the time. You know, their their messaging was so pathetically verbose and full of uh, hot air braggadocio that nobody could really believe or understand what it was that they were offering. The Cosmo is pretty much, you know, on point. They're going to be a cosmopolitan resort with art and uh, fine dining and, you know, the things in life that you would find in a big city, as opposed to saying life will never be the same. 
or remember to breathe, you will be blown away. They're basically saying we're a cosmopolitan experience. This is New York, New York, minus the theme. This is a city. We are making a city kind of atmosphere, a hot downtown kind of thing is going to be happening. You know, So that to me is exciting. Uh, whether or not it will be borne out in the details of the carpeting and the threadbare and what happens inside service, you know, that remains to be seen. But at this stage, the early stage, yeah, I, my interest is definitely peaked. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. You got it, pal, man. Anything, anything I can do, you just ask.